And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the proficient Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a comedy episode of The Halls of Ivy, starring Ronald and Benita Coleman from 1950. But it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. Lisa will play short clips from famous songs and provide a statement about each song. And my job is to guess if that statement is real or ridiculous while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? You got it, Carl. And you were teasing me last week because I always say I choose great songs. And you say, well, great according to whom? And I said, well, according to me, so... Did I say whom or to... Or probably, I don't know. I don't not. know English well probably enough to not. say whom. No, you don't. So um, instead, this week, I've chosen songs that I deem to be poor. Okay. Poor songs. Bad songs. Bad songs. So All bad right. songs edition. Bad. Bad, bad. songs. Bad songs. So bad songs. You may or may not agree with me, but... No we'll treat see. for you. We'll bad, <laughs> bad song. Are you ready? Yes. Let's hear the first bad song. And what am I supposed to do? Guess it? Nothing. This is called You're Having My Baby by Paul. Did you forget how to play oh, this game? No. <laughs> um, I'm just going to play a clip from the song. I don't like this song. I don't either. You're Having My it's Baby. It's a bad song. You're Having My Baby? It's a bad song. It's a bad song. And you know what? It's Who very, sings it? It's very, like, sexist. Be honest with you. You're having my baby? How about, like, you're having our baby? We're having a baby. You're having my baby? I don't like it. Published. Somebody this published is it. Paul Inca. Yeah. So, it, it's not a good song. So, here's your statement. You know, statement. he did. He drank a lot of Sanka coffee. Sanka Inca. That's why that's, they called him Sanka Inca. Right. Yeah, that's a thing. I don't like this song. It's I don't bad. like it either. It's a bad song. It's a bad song. So here's your statement. Okay. So instead of you're having my baby, there's a version called I'm having your baby with the lyrics altered for a female perspective. Real or ridiculous? Real or ridiculous? Ridiculous. Let's hear it. Having your baby. Is this Dolly Parton? No. So this is called I'm Having Your Baby. It's a country artist named Sunday Sharp. Sunday Sharp. Yes, and she uh, altered all the lyrics to make it more female-centered. I I don't like it. I don't like it either. (laughs) I don't like either of them. So I got it wrong. You got it wrong. You did. So it's off to a good start. Wow. I don't like it. I don't like it either. (laughs) <laughs> bad and then bad. 
All right. Well, sorry to all the people that appreciate it. That's fine. We're allowed to disagree. Yeah. Okay. I don't think many people would like it. I'm sure there's people that like it. I'm I sure love this song. You do? Oh, my God. Seriously? No. Okay. <laughs> I won't offend anybody. All right. So we'll move I was gonna, on. I was going to be like, Mike, are you like waterlogged from he all the showers over of there. cleaning the classic uh, <laughs> radio records in the in the tub? The tub. All right. Splish splash, I was picking the bathtub. Yeah. All right. So here's our next song. Okay. I love this song. Do you? This is Tie a Yellow Ribbon. Round the, this is like a fantastic song. Do you think Tony so? Tony Orlando and Dawn. That's right. Tie a Yellow Ribbon round the Why old you oak love tree. This? I love this yeah. song. Just oh, man. Not one that I appreciate. Be free. A lot of people like it. I'm just not one of them. And this is if you still this is my choice of bad songs. If you still want me, we'll tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. I know, it just doesn't appeal to me. Three long years you enjoy do it. you still want me? <laughs> if I don't see the ribbon around that old oak tree, well, I'll stay on the bus. Forget about us, put the blame on me. If I don't see a yellow ribbon around the I mean, it's, 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 just, it's stupid. So, anyways. Here, for Cocoa Puffs. It's stupid. Okay, here's your statement, okay? Yeah. A song of the same name was used in the 1954 film The Yellow Mountain. Is that real or ridiculous? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculous. All right, I got one. But there is a 1949 John Wayne movie named She Wore a Yellow Ribbon. Yes, that's true. Let's hear it. But I got it right. You got it right. It's the same name, um, but it's, it's for this movie, a John Wayne movie from 1949. Clearly a different song. Well, I'm Same tell name. You something, <laughs> I got it right. You did. I got it right. That's is John Wayne saying I got <laughs> it right. All right. All right. Let's hear the next bad song. No, Real Tile Yellow Ribbon's a okay. great song. I like this song. You light up my life. Yeah, my you light up my life. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm not a fan. But that's interesting that we have different choices of bad songs. <laughs> you don't know the words, though. <laughs> it's really slow, it's Carl. Pat Boone's it is. daughter. It's Debbie Boone, yeah. yeah Pat Boone's daughter. This is her, like, big hit. I know. You light up my not life. Not yet. Here it comes. It's too slow. Oh, my God. It's painful. Light up my life. <laughs> you know, like, no words. To carry on. All right, what about it? All right, it? so here's. What about it? All right, here's your statement. Yeah. This song was covered by Barry Manilow. Is that real or ridiculous? It's real. All right, well, let's hear it. It's not. It's not oh, real, but shoot. we have a different version. Shoot. Let's hear who did do it, though. One of the people. So who is this? See if you could recognize it. 
Who, who is it? Right, I'm asking you. You know her. Reba McIntyre? <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. It's not a country artist. Um, Do you recognize that voice? Anyone? Helen Reddy? No. She's got a kind of a deep voice. Big pop star. Very good singer. Yeah, this whoever is Whitney it is. Houston. Oh, really? Yes. That's Whitney Houston? It is. Wow, she's so good. Now, I don't hate it when Whitney Houston is singing it. I just don't like the painfully I mean, slow version. I mean, what a voice. My right? She's even better than I am. Well, I don't know. That's a big yeah, statement. Yeah, no, she is. Oh, she's big better. She's better than me. All right, so you've gotten one right so far. And uh, here's your final song. That's it? Just four? Well, each one has two clips. All right, go so ahead. It's eight clips. I like this song. <laughs> Ringing the bell. Somebody knocking on my door. Somebody ringing the bell. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. So let him in. Open the door. What? And let him in. It's got no guts to this song. Nah, this is kind of a dumb song. Okay. I agree with you on this one. All right, it's just dumb. Knocking on the door. There's nothing else to Somebody it. Somebody ringing the bell. <laughs> Somebody knocking on the door. No. Somebody ringing the bell. No. Do me a favor. <laughs> Open the door. I mean, what is and this? Let him in. Is this, this a is song? A stupid song? This is so stupid. <laughs> it really is bad. Like you really should open the door. Who Somebody's sings it? knocking at it. That's you not. Know? That's not a good song. This is Wings. Oh, it is. It's not good. It's still not good though. No. I know. Okay, so you agree with me? I agree with one. you. It's not Here's good. Here's your statement. Okay. Let him in. Let him in. <laughs> Come on, open the door. Knocking at the door. Door and let him in. <laughs> Here's your statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> During the 1976 Miss America, open the door, let him in. Martin Luther, come on in. <laughs> let him in. It's a dumb song. It's so bad. Uh, go ahead. Okay. You picked a good one there. It's a dumb During song. During the 1976 Miss America pageant, yeah. Burt Parks sang this song. Burt Parks did? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm asking you during the show. Um, I say <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, let's hear it. Oh, man. <laughs> did he do it? He did. Someone knocking at the door. <laughs> Somebody ringing the bell. Someone knocking at the door. Somebody ringing the bell. That's Burt Parks. Uh-huh. Do me a favor. Open the door. It is. Let it in. Be. All okay. right. All right. Well, wow. Thank you, you, did, know, you, you did get good, one though. right. Though. You know what, Lisa? What? You picked some dumb songs there. I know. Uh, some I, bad songs. It was easy. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Tie Yellow Ribbon. That's uh, a good song. All right. Well, we differ, but right. uh, you did get one right. All right. So when we come great. back, it's Halls of Ivy. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Somebody's now back to the best door. in classic radio Somebody's on Hollywood ringing 360. Ringing the bell. Ringing the bell. <laughs> Do me a favor. 
open it. I talked over Adam West. That's not cool. No, it's I shouldn't not. have done that. I shouldn't have talked over we won't Batman. Let that happen again. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Sorry. That was Batman there. Talked over him. Not good. All right. Halls of Ivy situation comedy. Ronald and Benita Coleman, they were married in real life, and they uh, were offered many different radio shows, and they said yes to this one. Came to NBC in 1950. It was created by Don Quinn, and Don Quinn co-created Fibber McGee and Molly along with Jim and Marion Jordan. So he had a lot of, uh, you know, kind of a great resume when it came to creating radio and writing for radio and especially comedy. Uh, Coleman played William Todd Hunter Hall, president of Ivy College, and his wife, Victoria, was the former British musical comedy star. And uh, together, they interacted with students, friends, college trustees. It was um, it was almost like Welcome Back, Cotter, right. before, you know, TV was on the radio. Um, good series. It was uh, also on television, made a transition to TV. In 1954, uh, we have a 1950 episode, April 20, uh, April 28th to be exact. Dr. Hall's newly finished biography has just won the Schofield Prize, or has it? We'll soon find out. Part one now of the Halls of Ivy. Ladies and gentlemen, the Joseph Schlitz Brewing Company of Milwaukee, Wisconsin presents The Halls of Ivy, starring Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman. I was curious. I tasted it. Now I know why Schlitz is the largest selling beer in America. No wonder it's the beer that made Milwaukee famous. If you like good beer, you'll find it pays to be curious and learn about Schlitz for yourself. And now, the Halls of Ivy. We love the Halls of Ivy that surround us here today. Welcome again to Ivy, Ivy College, that is, in the town of Ivy, USA. As most of us know, teachers are intensely concerned with books. Many of them write books, too. Dr. William Todd Hunter Hall, the president of Ivy, is one of these. He finished writing a book early this spring and, with mounting anxiety, has been waiting to learn of its acceptance or rejection by his publisher. At the moment, Dr. Hall and his wife, the former Victoria Cromwell of the English stage, are in the living room of their home. It's shortly past noon. Dr. Hall says, What do you suppose is the matter with Carter? He promised to let me know definitely by the end of the week whether or not he'll publish my book, and here it is, Friday, and no word from him. There's no point fretting, Toddy. Friday isn't over yet. I suppose I should have known better than to rely on the promise of a man who has all his drinking glasses inscribed with the word whoops. (laughs) Why the devil haven't I heard from him? My Aunt Violet always used to say, no news is good news. With all due respect to your Aunt Violet, whose conversation, if what you say is so, must have been exquisitely dreary. (laughs) Oh, that may be Carter now. Alice will answer it. Good. 
I'll give him a few moments with Alice first. He deserves it, having kept me waiting so long. That'll teach him a sharp lesson. Oh, she's terrifying, isn't she? <laughs> well, anyhow, we're just trying her out. She was the best I could do in the way of a housekeeper on such short notice. Oh, I'm not complaining. She's an excellent housekeeper, and she scares the life out of me. <laughs> but I'm sure she must be unique in Carter's experience. I mean, there couldn't be two Alices in the world, could there? Mm, very doubtful. Took 20 years as a master sergeant's wife and five years in the wax to produce even one. Yes, to produce Alice at all is a major miracle. <laughs> it's the machine age. She wasn't born. She just came off an assembly line with two trucks and a jeep. Attention! At ease, darling. Yes. Yes, Alice. Someone for the doctor, ma'am. Mr. Carter? Well, I don't know, sir. When I answered, a man at the other end started to stutter. I couldn't make out what. I told him, pop to and sound off, mister. And he said he wanted to speak to Colonel Hall. I mean, uh, Dr. Hall, fast. Mm. Excuse me, Victoria. I'll see who it is. Uh, he hung up. Hung up? <laughs> yes, sir. He said he had a message for you and tried to pull rank on me when I told him it'd have to go through channels. <laughs> well, I chewed him out a little for that. <laughs> and he said, never mind, he'd be right over. Be right over? Well, then he couldn't have been Carter. He's in New York. Well, Chow will be ready in half an hour, ma'am. Charlie. Oh, yes, good. <laughs> well, maybe a little more than half an hour. <laughs> I never cook for less than a company full strength. <laughs> Takes time to divide all my recipes by 200. Oh, well, it's quite understandable, Alice. Yeah, but it's all right. I'll bracket the roast and be on target at 1,300 hours. <laughs> As you were. Frightening. Well, it's almost one o'clock. If Carter intended to publish my book, I'd surely have heard from him by now. Perhaps I should have worked on it another year or so. Oh, nonsense, Toddy. The book is beautifully written. It's one of the most exciting biographies I've ever read. Well, then perhaps the subject's been found uninteresting. After all, Jonathan Gilly was a rather obscure scientist, even in his own time. You know, it's been claimed that the three most fascinating subjects for books are Abraham Lincoln, Doctors and Dogs. And that the ideal title would probably be Lincoln's Doctor's Dog. <laughs> you know, perhaps I should have called mine Victoria's Husband's Hobby. Oh, well, <laughs> let's wait another hour or so, then we can Dr. Hall! Dr. Hall! Oh, Mr. Merriweather, come in. Come in. Good heavens, man, what... Congratulations, what congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, what for? You mean you don't know? Know what? Sure. Oh, let me catch my breath. I ran all the way from the club. I tried to reach you by phone, but that female top kick of yours tried to route me through the Pentagon building. There's a chair. Sit down. Uh, no, no. You better make Dr. Hall sit down. Well, sit down, William. Why should I sit down? Because if you don't, this is likely to knock you down. <laughs> I haven't been so happy about anything since my doctor told me to stop working. <laughs> oh, that is wonderful. Congratulations. Well, thank you again, but for what? Oh, <laughs> this is marvelous. He doesn't know. Know what? <laughs> well, I was in the club library reading my newspaper and listening with half an ear to the radio when I heard the news. <laughs> Wonderful news. <laughs> uh, don't let me rush you into revealing it, Mr. Merriweather. No, my husband's 
man's always like this, digging his fingernails into his palms and holding back a scream. <laughs> well, ma'am, in the middle of this news broadcast, I heard the name. Jonathan Gilly. Jonathan uh, Gilly? Jo- Jonathan Gilly? Yeah, frankly, I wouldn't have known Jonathan Gilly from Ben Hogan's caddy. Except that you told me you'd been working on a biography of Gilly for several years now, and... You really had better sit down, both of you. Well, we'll take the chance. Go ahead and bowl us over. Dr. Hall, you've won the Schofield Prize. What? What? What's the Schofield Prize? Someone tell me before I start climbing the wall. Well, the, the annual prize for the best biography submitted for publication during the past year. $20,000 prize money, ma'am. Twenty. Thousand and the best biography. Oh, Toddy. Oh, Mr. Merriweather, I could kiss you. Go ahead, ma'am. <laughs> I could stand quite still and let you. <laughs> oh, Toddy, I'm so very proud of you. <laughs> and just a few minutes ago, I was fuming at my publisher for not letting me know whether or not he was going to accept the book at all. Oh, he'll publish it all right. He's likely to be selected for the Book of the Month Club. And if this Gilly, if this Gilly fella looks attractive in a low-cut gown, you're a cinch for the drugstore reprints. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't know what to say. I, uh, isn't it ridiculous? My, my little book, the Schofield Prize for the best. <laughs> well. Uh, well, the Schofield Prize, eh? <laughs> That's what the man said. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? Oh, this calls for a party. Yeah. Well, of course, we'll have a rouser. <laughs> and tonight, Mr. Merriweather, we've no time to send out invitations. Will you spread the word around? Certainly. Invite everyone, but everyone. And Vic, tell Alice to call the market. Yes. That little delicatessen, you know. Uh, tell her we want enough for several hundred. <laughs> this is going to be marvelous. For tonight we'll merry, merry be. For tonight we'll merry, merry be. Put me down. What do you do with all your money, Doctor? Oh, endow a home for old college presidents. <clears throat> well, for one of them, anyway. <laughs> Get one of those new Scotch plaid dinner jackets. I wouldn't dare wear it, of course, but it'll lend a dashing air to the coat closet. <laughs> we'll take a trip to Europe. Buy a new car. Pay the income taxes. Yes, pay. Uh, Victoria, please, not while we're celebrating. <laughs> hey, Colonel. Uh, Colonel who? Where? Oh, oh, me. Oh, yes, yes. Um, what is it, Alice? Uh, Mr. Harry Crane calling. Says he's from the Ivy News, a reporter. Oh, have him come in, Mr. Merriweather. Would you be good enough to take care of him while we go upstairs and freshen up a bit? You're glad to, man. Take your time. Yeah, come on, Toddy. Uh, we'll only be a moment. Oh, tonight we'll marry, marry me. Dr. Hall? No, no, my name is Merriweather. I'm on the board of governors. No, the halls will be down in just a moment. Oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm Crane of the news. How do you do? Uh, You, uh, hear about the Schofield Prize? Yes, it's great, isn't it? Well, the break for me, anyway. I'm the local AP man. I make a few bucks extra on it. Oh, that's fine. You used to enjoy your radio program, the... A&P Gypsies, wasn't it? (laughs) All right, that's the first portion of uh, The Halls of Ivy, April 28th, 1950, starring Ronald and Benita Coleman. They were a married couple in real life, and they were married a long, long time. And uh, they did this show on radio and TV, Lisa. 
Um, but they didn't do this show as long as we've done our show. No. Because this is the 15th year, right? 15 years. What? We've been on the air doing Hollywood 360. Together. It was 15 years ago that I said, just sit over there just and, and don't just talk. don't talk. Okay? Just, you you know, can be part of the show, but, but just don't talk. Don't talk. Just sit there and just look. And here's me. Yeah, no, of course. Just look yes. good. Just smile. Because it's radio. And, and just, just look good because it's radio. And don't say anything. Well, look, and I now, learned something along the way. Look, now you're the co-host. <laughs> I will be the right back. The only one back. that can work with you. <laughs> Stick around. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All righty. This is Hollywood 360. If you notice, I learned by my mistake last time I didn't talk over Adam West. No. Right there. Adam West. It's hard for you to not talk. Our announcer. And people don't believe it. It's like, no, it's really Adam West. Yes, he was a good pal of mine. We're, we're, We're very good buds. He did a lot of stuff. He did Twilight Zones for me, and we just were good pals. I grew up watching Batman, you know, it was my favorite show. In fact, when I was a kid watching Batman, I was so enamored with that show that people used to call me Batman. You know, I wanted, I had the costume and I had like the the batarang and I had the bat rope and all that. And, um, and then years later I got to work with him, which was such an honor. And then we became friends and then I said to him one day, hey, would you do me a huge favor? I'm going to do this show and do this new radio program. It was only on one radio station at that right. time. Now it's on 100, okay? But at that time, it was on one radio station, our flagship, that we do the show out of, WIND, in Chicago, AM560, The Answer. And we're at that uh, studio. That's where we broadcast. Uh, it's our flagship. Um, and I said... Would you do me the huge, huge honor of being our announcer on the show? He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Send me what you want me to say. I'll just record it on the end of a of a uh, Family Guy session. That's exactly what he did. Like a week or two later, he called me. He's like, I'm sending you a dat. I was either a dat or a CD in the mail. Uh, I just I knocked it out at the end of uh, he was he was he's Mayor West on Family Guy. So he had the studio guys stick around, and he just knocked it out, and that's what you're hearing on the show. So that was really, really nice of him. Great guy. Um, he's no longer with us, unfortunately, but he will always be Batman to me. 
And he'll know? always be a part of Hollywood 360 That's right. for us. That's right. Absolutely. All right, we're listening to The Halls of Ivy, April 28th, 1950, starring Ronald and Bonita Coleman. Here's the conclusion. Now, now you're thinking of a grocery chain. I uh, meant the Associated Press. But about this 20 grand, what's a kid his age going to do with all that folding money? Kid? (laughs) Dr. Hall's not old, but he he certainly isn't going to spend the money on marbles and lollipops. Oh, I'm not talking about Dr. Hall. I'm talking about that senior here. What's his name? Uh, Buckley, who won the Schofield Prize. Uh, who? What are you talking about, son? Buckley, Buckley, Jared Buckley, the one who just caught the Schofield Prize with a biography of Jonathan Gilly. Oh, no. No, it couldn't be. Are you sure? Well, sure, I'm sure. It came in on a teletype just a few minutes ago. My instructions are all you can send on Buckley. I'm hoping to get a statement from Dr. Hall to sort of round off the story. Good Lord, what have I done? Set up a Christmas tree and decorated it with mouse traps. Huh? <laughs> I thought the news broadcaster said it. I must have misunderstood. I, I... Will you excuse me, please, Mr. Crane. I don't hmm? want to be here when they come down. Say, you look awful. What's the matter, headache? Heartache. I really couldn't stand seeing their faces or... Excuse me, please. Sure, sure. Take it easy. A lot of that virus X making the rounds, you know. Well, if anybody deserves it, I do. Ah, Mr. Crane, good afternoon. I am Dr. Hall. Afternoon, Doc. Victoria, may I introduce Mr. Crane of the news? How do you do? Good afternoon. Uh, Dr. Hall, I won't take up much of your time. I just would like a statement from you on this award of the Schofield Prize. Well, I, I first heard of it through Mr. Merriweather here, who, who took... Oh, by the way, where is he? Well, he seemed a little upset. He uh, just left. Just left? Oh, that's too bad. I thought he the was going to... The excitement was probably too much for him. Oh, I hope he's well by this evening. I'll want everyone to feel as happy as I do. Well, you really take this big, don't you? Well, naturally, I, I'm very gratified by the news. Uh, you, you might make that part of the statement. Uh, oh, and please add that much of the credit is due to my wife. Your wife? <laughs> really? Oh, yes, yes, indeed. As a, as a matter of fact, I, I doubt very much if the book ever would have been written without her encouragement and tender solicitude. You don't say. Oh, no nonsense. I merely nagged and nagged until the book was finished. I wouldn't stop talking about it. All hours of the day and night. All hours of the... You don't say. <laughs> I promised him that as soon as he's finished, we'd go away together for a whole week. Well, uh, didn't you have anything to say about that, Doc? Oh, yes, of course. Yes, I told her I thought it was a good idea. You don't say. <laughs> yes, and, and it was a good idea. Well, yeah, but you've got to draw the line someplace. It was only a week. You certainly are broad-minded. If it was my wife, I'd be frothing at the mouth. Really? I may say so. It seems a very odd reaction. Not in my circle. And I thought you people led such quiet lives. Oh, well, who am I to point a finger? Well, thanks for the statement, Doctor. You mean you have all you want? Oh, I got even more than I bargained for. (laughs) The story will be about Buckley anyway. This is just sort of fill in and fluff. Buckley? Who's Buckley? Are you kidding? Jared Buckley. The student who just copped the Schofield Prize with his book about Jonathan Gilly. Oh, Toddy. B- Buckley? He did a biography of Gilly? 
his biography won the prize? Well, Natch, didn't you know? What did you think I was talking about? I... I, I thought that... Uh, you see, I... My I... husband has a biography of Jonathan Gilliatt in his publisher's hands now. And we were under the impression... No, it's that... Buckley's book. Oh. Oh, I see. Oh, you thought that I was getting a story from you... Oh, this is a rotten break, Doc. I'm, I'm sorry. Holy cow, what a story. No, 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 please. Forget it, please. Right. Thank you. Well, good afternoon, Doctor. I... Well, good afternoon, Mrs. Hall. Good afternoon. Um, Victoria, do something for me, will you? Of course, dear. Phone my office and have the Mars Buckley to come here this afternoon. I'd like to see him. All right, Toddy. And Toddy? Yes? I think there must be something dreadfully wrong someplace when things like this can happen to people like you. Oh, thank you, my darling. I'm, I, I'm glad you think I should be immune to the buffetings of fortune. Uh, but speaking of buffets, shall we have lunch? <laughs> Returning to the halls of Ivy, we find a saddened Dr. and Mrs. Hall awaiting a visit of Jared Buckley. Is there anything I can do for you, Toddy? Thank you, no, darling. I, I hope you don't think I'm crushed by the news, because I'm not. It would have only been a bother to win the Schofield Prize anyway. Yes, reporters interrupting your routine with requests for interviews. Yes, and having to make speeches at banquets. And radio and television programs. Oh, there's no doubt about it in my mind at all. No, it's just as well I didn't win it. Better, in fact. You're much better. What are you thinking about? I'm trying to decide which of us is the bigger liar. <laughs> I think we're very evenly matched, give or take a pound or two. <laughs> oh, it doesn't work, does it? I, I must confess I'd love having my routine interrupted. But you'd be inhuman if you didn't. <laughs> I, uh, I was going to surprise you with a fur coat. The prize money, you know. Oh, <laughs> darling, you are sweet. What a lovely surprise. Thank you very much. I was going to exchange the fur coat for a trip to Europe for both of us. You were? Oh, thank you, Vicky. Thank you. I, I should have enjoyed that. <laughs> Toddy, how did it happen that Buckley should have written a book on the identical, very obscure subject you did? Oh, it's merely a coincidence, of course. Literature is dotted with cases where writers, widely separated in space, have written similar works almost simultaneously. Mm. Reaction to identical stimuli, I suppose. Mm. Uh, yes, Alice, what is it? A uh, telegram for you, Colonel. Thank you. I, um... Hope lunch was all right, ma'am. You didn't eat much. Oh, yes. It was very, very good, Alice. The chocolate layer cake was heavenly. You must give me the recipe so I can pass it on to the other faculty wives. Oh, well, thank you. I learned the recipe at Cook's and Baker's School in the Army. Now, you take 30 pounds of flour. <laughs> you add three gallons of water and three gallons of milk. Then add a smidgen of vanilla extract. Not more than a quart. <laughs> now, four dozen eggs From Carter's Two sacks of sugar yeah, Well, thank you, thank you, you Alice I'll, I'll get it from you later uh, Yes, ma'am It's from Carter uh, Dear Hall, in view of Schofield Prize Award We do not feel we can accept your manuscript for publication at this time Sorry, sincerely, and so on And that, my love, is that Two years of research and a year of writing Right down the drain 
Mm, curse the luck. Oh, Toddy. Oh, I, I, I mean it. I, when I think of all the hours and days when I was so snowed under with administrative details, I couldn't work on the book at all. But for that, it might have been finished sooner. I could have given it more time, made it better. Being a college president and a teacher... That's what hindered me. Oh, please, Toddy. Well, I'd like my name to have gone a little way down to posterity. To have scholars in the future take my book from the shelf and read it. To have extended the domain of knowledge just that much more. I know how hateful it is to be disappointed so cruelly. But living's full of disappointments. Yet we manage to survive and even do very well. <laughs> yes, I know. Each disappointment always seems the worst. Mm. What about the time when uh, when I was returning to America after my sabbatical? And you were supposed to go with me and couldn't. Oh, yes. I'd started packing. Yes. You'd bought the tickets. And we were all ready, I remember. And then two weeks before sailing. While we were dancing at that club. Um, what, what was his name? You remember? It was a new one. It had just opened. Oh, they had a little Viennese orchestra that must have grown up in Wall's time. What was the name of that I think Strauss must have had someone like you in mind when he began composing. You waltz beautifully. So do you. <laughs> Is there much waltzing in America? No, not much. When I left, everyone was doing something called the Big Apple. <laughs> oh, Vicky, it's marvelous. Two weeks more, then goodbye, London. Five days later, hello, America. You know, when the customs inspector asks me if I have anything to declare, I shall say, only my love. Toddy. Yes, Vicky? Suppose I couldn't come with you to America. Oh, then. <laughs> then all sorts of dire things would take place. It would rain for 40 days and 40 nights. The ice caps at the poles would move toward the equator. Baseball would be banned. And... Oh, but why imagine such a nightmare? I mean, when you are coming to America with me. But I'm not. What? what? I'm not. I can't. Oh, Toddin, please don't look at me like that. Well, you're not joking, are you? I wish I were. Only I wouldn't make such a joke. Yes, but I don't understand. Well, we were... the management have asked me to change my mind and extend the run of the show until business warrants closing it. But why? Well, if I don't, I'm throwing almost 60 people out of work. I... I couldn't refuse them. Oh, but Vicky, I, I had plans for us. Oh, I... they were beautiful plans, darling. And they'll be fun to carry through. But we'll have to wait a bit. I'll join you later. You see, they all tell me the show can't go on without me. It won't go on for me without you either. Toddy, it wasn't an easy decision to make. Oh, I know. I, I just feel as though the wind had been knocked out of me, that's all. It's been a wonderful trip for you, though, isn't it? Oh, oh, my dear. And it's been happy, hasn't it? <laughs> I mean, until now? Happier than I ever imagined possible. It's going to make all the days away from you seem very dreary. Well, I shall feel the same. But don't let's talk about it. We have another two weeks. Let's enjoy them. All right, darling. We'll raise the roof and paint the town red. Because we are two very special people. Special... And irreplaceable. Kiss? Kiss. Colonel, 
Mr. Buckley's calling. Uh, please, not now. I haven't the time. Who knows how long it'll be before we see each other again. Toddy, it's Jared Buckley calling. Well, you sent for him, it makes dear. no difference. Every moment with you is precious. Well, thank you. It's very flattering, I'm sure. But what about Buckley? That's who? Hmm, what? Oh, oh, Buckley. Oh, Jared Buckley. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, have him come in, Alice. Yes, sir. Toddy, you were daydreaming again. There were stars in your eyes. There was one in my arms as well. Mr. Buckley, sir. Good afternoon, uh, Dr. Good Hall. afternoon. Good afternoon. Hmm. I'm sorry it took me so long. Buckley, we're very proud of you. Congratulations on bringing the Schofield Prize to Ivy. Oh, thank you. I was coming to see you anyway, Dr. Hall. I wouldn't have had this honor if it hadn't been for you. For me? Yes. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't have written the darn thing at all. You're responsible for it, you know. I am? Oh, yes, sir. Remember that seminar you conducted three years ago? The, the one in American colonial history? Yes. Yeah, yes, I do. Well, that's where I first heard of Jonathan Gilly. From you. I'll never forget how you talked about him. <laughs> this, this convinces me that I talk too much. Oh, oh no, sir. It was, it was wonderful. You discussed him with so much, so much enthusiasm, so much fire. I found I couldn't stop thinking about him. Well, the fire must have spread more than I intended. When I, when I started doing research, I, I couldn't find half the books I needed. Someone else must have been working on that period of American history. I wouldn't be at all surprised. <laughs> then last year, I decided to write the book. Did you ever write a book, Doctor? That, that's a good question. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yes, two or three. My best one was, uh, is, unpublished. Funny thing... Once I started, I, I got into a sweat for fear someone else would write a book about Gilly before I did. <laughs> Silly, wasn't I? I mean, I mean, who'd be interested in doing a book about an obscure 18th century scientist? Oh, it might have occurred to someone else. It might have at that. I guess I'm lucky it didn't. Anyway, well, this... This is the original manuscript. I, I'd be very happy if you'd accept it. As a sort of a souvenir to remember me by. Will you accept it? Thank you, Buckley. I accept it with pleasure, gratitude, and a touch of envy. That's very kind of you to say that. Is there anything else, sir? No, nothing else. Just congratulations and the wish that this may be only the beginning of a very successful career. Oh, thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Bye, Mr. Buckley. <clears throat> well, Vicky, I'm glad it was Buckley. Nice boy. You're not so bad yourself, Professor. <laughs> but, but I'm in the wrong profession, I sometimes think. If I weren't a teacher, I wouldn't have conducted that seminar. And then I wouldn't have brought Gilly to anyone's attention. But garrulous old Hall had to open the gate to his own apple orchard. Teaching bar. Toddy, I think you ought to read this. Hmm? Read what? What Buckley says about you. About me? Yes. Here. It's the foreword to his book. Oh, let's have a look. Hmm. And the emperor of China said to his ministers, Go search through the land for the wisest of my subjects, he who hath the greatest knowledge and the highest ability to use it. And when he is found, bring him to me, and he shall be my advisor and sit at my right hand. And the ministers searched through the land and found him and brought him to the emperor. And with him came one other. And the emperor welcomed the wisest of his subjects and gave him great honor. But asked the emperor, 
Who is this other one who comes with you? And the wisest of the emperor's subjects answered, This was my teacher. Yes, but go on, read the rest. To William Todhunter Hall, teacher, this book is dedicated. You see, Toddy, there's nothing better. What can compare with it? You're a teacher. Yes. Yes, yes, thank God, Vicky. curious. I tasted it. Now I know why Schlitz is the largest selling beer in America. No wonder it's the beer that made Milwaukee famous. Here's a note for your date book. Starting Wednesday, May 10th, the Halls of Ivy will be heard on Wednesdays instead of Fridays. And here again are Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman. Good night, everyone. Good night. Sure to see Ronald Coleman's latest picture, Champagne for Caesar. We'll be seeing you next Friday at this time at the Halls of Ivy, starring Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman. Ken Carpenter speaking. Incubator Baby's parents appear on We the People next on most NBC stations. All right, there you have the Halls of Ivy. April 28, 1950, starring Ronald and Benita Coleman. You heard B. Banaderet there as their uh, kind of uh, female army um, helper there. And she, of course, was Betty Rubble on the Fred Flintstone or the Flintstone series. And she was the mom on Petticoat Junction and tons and tons of radio shows. Um, Ken Carpenter doing the announcing there. Man, he was good with a tool belt, huh? Mike. Was he good with the tools? He was good with the tools, the tool belt. He can build you any kind of a, you know, log cabin, anything you want. Ken Carpenter. Willard Waterman, who played the great Gildersleeve for um, for a long, long time, was an uh, English teacher. Um, he was, uh, no, he was the board member, John Merriweather, in that episode. Hope you enjoyed that. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, it's a radio dramatization of The Lost Weekend, an Academy Award-winning movie starring Ray Milland and also Jane Wyman. Well, also, uh, Lisa Wolf will be our lyricist for learning the lyrics, right? That's right. These are all songs with colors in the title. Colors in the mm-hmm. title, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let me think. Blue Moon. Good one, but luckily I didn't see it. All right, we'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.